<laughs> oh my god oh my god it's saturday midday and i finally got her now whoever doesn't i'm sure wow I'm, this is me speechless so you've seen by the videos just before we've come on live that um i've got the lovely wonderful Lindsay hooper in the house and i'm doing all the cheers yay <laughs> <laughs> and my backdrop's loving my hand movement I don't know, I'm loving the green screen. <laughs> Lizzie, thank you so much for taking time out of your heavy schedule just to be on Standing In My Truth Sports Edition show with me. You know what I mean? How are you feeling? It's my absolute pleasure because I could not turn you down. We go back a long way. I think the first time that I ever met you, I was interviewing you in you a were. studio in Norwich. Yeah. Very how Alan the tables have turned. How the tables have turned. I know. Crazy. And there's so much I would love everybody to know about you because, um, you know, just charting your journey from when I first met you. And I'm still, you know, I'm still in the music, but you've grown from blur, which we'll get to that point, to where you are today. So without further ado, just say hello to the public. My public. And just say oh, I will. just briefly. Well, to all freestyler fans, Maxfield fans, I'm right with you because I love <laughs> Valerie so much. Love her voice. What a powerhouse she is. And you know that I've thought that for a very, very yeah, long time. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay Uber is in the house. Again, thank you, Lindsay, for coming on. Okay, I know that you have got one heavy schedule today. We've got this week is FA Cup weekend, isn't it, really? Mm. So um, I'm surprised I haven't caught you running up the motorway. I think you're going to be heading on the motorway somewhere. We'll find out where your ne the next game is. But without further ado, Lindsay, where did you actually grow up? Where you? Because I know, and I always get thinking, where's your accent from? But unless, I do where get did you... that a lot. I do. People say, oh, I know that you're northern because you say grass and not grass <laughs> and path and not path. Oh. Uh, so they know that I'm I'm north of the M25. Yeah. But a lot of the time people don't realise, but I'm from Dudley in the West Midlands. Right. I mean, if we go even further down, I'm from a little village in Shropshire, which is right in between Dudley and Wolverhampton. Oh, she's near black country, folks. That's what she's yeah. trying to tell you. Yeah. So let me educate you then. <laughs> And you've always stayed there, even though within your career, you've always stayed there. So you were born and bred in Dudley or mm. Wolverhampton. Um, what was growing up like, you know, do, do you know what I mean? In your area, were you a tomboyish and what was your parents like? Just give a brief synopsis. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a friendly community orientated area. Everybody knows everyone, you know, you know, the butchers and the greengrocers and the, 
paper boy you know everybody by name it's that sort of small town village but really really lovely and growing up that was exactly what I needed I love the fact that all of my family pretty much bar sort of one or two exceptions was within a mile radius of each other so we would spend many a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening together in different households so my dad's family was the one side which was from one little village down the road and my mom and dad's (laughs) My mum's the the other side. And it was just great for me growing up because it, there were so many opportunities for me to, to play sports, which I love to do. Right. To grow up with my lifelong friends. Some friends from nursery are still my friends now. Oh, fantastic. And I think that's so important that it you've got is, that grounding. It is. Yeah. So was your, was your, uh, uh, you know, what, you know, when you speak it, I'll tell you what I kept thinking of. Oh God, I must be showing my age. The Hove, the, the Hove is advert. <laughs> that is, that is showing your age, yeah. <laughs> the Hove is advert. <laughs> You're going to say the Gremlin. Well, I guess that was, you know, that I could hear the no, 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 no. I together and it just, it was just, it warmed my heart, to be fair. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Did you, sports mad? You said that you had the sports around you. Did that include mum and dad as well? You know, not really. Ah. No, I I think it skipped a generation. So my grandparents, so my granddad and my uncle were sports mad. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think it skipped a generation. Although what I will say is that even like my grandma on my one side and my mum really love football. So they would watch match of the day. They'd watch final score or was as it was grandstand back then religiously. Oh, oh yeah. And I just was brought up around it and didn't realise that that was different in other parts of the country where mums weren't sitting down and grandmas weren't necessarily sitting down as much as mine were. But I yeah. was surrounded by football lovers yeah. and I was surrounded by sports lovers, really. And it was when I was at um, primary school that I was just always playing the sport so I played football with the boys in the playground I used to run do cross-country running and do races for the primary school and play netball and I just loved it it was my area really to express myself and when I went to secondary school you could not get me out of the PE department <laughs> that was it so were you called a tomboy did anyone call you a tomboy was that did you ever had that moniker against your name because you not were sports. really I was the sporty one. So when yeah. the Spice Girls came out and I had my group of friends, you know, I'd be the sporty Spice, definitely. But I was, I was really, really lucky that a lot of my friends love sport too. And they were very popular and they were, I mean, we weren't the most popular group at school, but we were in a popular group. Yeah. And so I never really had that targeted at me because we were also very, very girly in a lot of ways, you know, ways, love yeah. dressing up, love the school discos, all those sorts of things. But at the same time, didn't mind sweating occasionally yeah. <laughs> um, on the sports field. Yeah, on the sports field. <laughs> so here we come then. So sports minded you know uh which you know as you said it skipped a generation i'm just going to go back because i have to have that little d the pet the grandparents actually sitting down and watching you know well not was it grandstand as you said yeah. i think that's quality because that was my dad i think yeah. that's where so i get it i i totally get that 
you know what I mean? And that's, that, I, that I used is, to that's... avoid the Saturday afternoon big shop at the right. supermarket by yeah. promising that I would go and keep my granddad company. And I used to sit on his knee and he'd have the wireless on listening to all the football and all the results. And I'd fill in his coupon, you know, oh. and they did the calls. <laughs> I used to fill in all the results for him. And then, I, then I'd yeah. listen, rang in to phone-in shows on the radio afterwards talking about Wolves. And I'd listen to him. And, I, and he, had, he was a big character, my granddad. He had a great personality, very charismatic. Everybody knew him. Yeah. And I definitely was a bit of a chip off the old block. I used to be that person that if you went on a holiday, my mum and dad would always say, you know, everyone would know them as Lindsay's mum and dad, you know. <laughs> just, your vocal, yeah, they know. The hind legs were, yeah. off the donkey, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was it. And I, I think I got it from him. But there is something, I think, in all of us, and I'm sure this is the same with you and music as well. Yeah where there's just something there because I just had that ability with sport. I never got to the higher echelons really of, of anything. I went to Loughborough and I, I played county level at quite a few things, but oh my word, if I could have just been the best at something, yeah. I would have given that. Yeah. But I just had a natural knack for playing and doing most things. So yes. you know, yes. I playing ball, playing netball, playing football. I just had the knack to go and do that. And I don't know where that came from because my yeah. mom and dad weren't really that, bothered about taking me down the park to kick a ball yeah <laughs> so I don't know did you have brothers and sisters as well no did... I'm an only child oh wow lots what? of cousins but not yeah no siblings oh wow you'd have thought you had a brother the brother might have been an influence and your parents and wow okay so we're still digging it and that bit I didn't know I thought I knew everything that bit I didn't know <laughs> um, and even when I was like you know researching and I kept thinking She's never said brother or sister. Oh, maybe I've got that wrong. So I thought I will ask her that question. Yeah. Great yeah. Stuff. So here we are. When did you get that, that first love? Because forget about, okay, you've done all the sports, but you didn't actually set out to be a presenter. So where was the love? Where did the love come from, from being on radio? I was around 12 years old, 13. And there were a couple of my friends that had started doing a little bit of community radio, just helping out at um, one in Wolverhampton. And I went along and my friend said, oh, come with me, it's quite good fun, blah, blah, blah. So like 13, I trot off to go and have a look at this community station and I loved it. And I thought, oh, wow, there's something where you can actually talk <laughs> and no one stops you. <laughs> and there's nobody so, stopping you in the process. <laughs> so, I was always a little bit of a performer and I loved dance and, and things like that when I was younger. And actually, I think my first thing that I ever wanted to be was an actress, actually. And I'd been part of a local theatre group and I was absolutely devastated because I, I got the main part in a theatre production to be the child in this in this show. And it had actually been at the Royal Variety performance this this show and then they were touring it around the country and did little local productions and I got the main part and I'd been in the newspaper and I'd learned all my lines you know I'm about 12 at this point yeah and I thought this is it this is what I want to do and about four weeks before that show was due to air they closed the theatre oh and I never got to do the role and I'd been in the paper and I'd talked to all my friends about it and my family heartbroken I was heartbroken oh. and my mum sat me on on this chair that I remember vividly in our house and just said 
forget about that. I think she could see how hurt I was. Just forget about that. You'll have to do something else, do something else. So I felt then that I could never mention acting again or again, dancing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found this through a few friends, medium of radio, which was sort of like the next best thing to me of, of bridging that. And then bless her, my mum actually found an advert in the newspaper and she said, oh, the local hospital radio want new presenters. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to go and do it. So at 13. But you were 12, 13. Yeah. 13. I had my own radio show in the hospital radio. What <laughs> and was I you playing? It. Did someone, have, did, I'm sure they had to show you the <laughs> records. So I, I, <laughs> I actually shadowed some people for a while. And then they said, oh, you can have your own show on a Tuesday night. So I'd be the one teeing up all the records. And I wanted to do all of it, but I just wanted to learn it first. Yeah. And it would be going onto the like old people's ward and you'd get Daniel O'Donnell <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, you know, all of those old crooners. And I yeah. would be just queuing up these records and playing them for, you know, Dorothy and Jean on the whatever ward. Oh, I think that's lovely. I loved it. <laughs> because oh my god you know it people tend to think that uh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh but you know you get into hospital which I've, I've been in a few in my time and you know the only radio this is it's different now because we've got those televisions don't we now where mm -hmm. you know everything is more modernized you've got these big polluted things in front of your bed but um it wasn't like that it was those little ear things that you stuff over your ear and you're yeah. you know, and it's not like you could give a request and go, oh, could you put on um, a shanty, please? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. I was crossing yeah, my fingers. Yeah. Or someone would ask for a harmonics or, or, you know, it was like, take what you get because you've got, you're in a mixed ward. But I'm not going to lie. I actually liked it because I found it quite soothing, I guess, from a, a musical standpoint. But, you know, for some people, it was like, really? You know what I liked about it? It was a captive audience. <laughs> there was no TV. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So 13, how long did you do that for? Oh, a few years till about, I think four years uh, till I was about 17 when I was at college. Um, oh. And I, I, I then went and did, I mean, this sounds so Alan Partridge, all of this. I then went and did a community radio station. It was only for a month. They sometimes give these licenses out, which mean that you can, you can set up for a month and broadcast in the local area and then you yeah. go away again. Yeah. And they set one up in a local fire station called Blaze FM. <laughs> I can't make, make it up. up. I can't make it up. And my mum and my nan traveled with me I sent off one of my demo tapes from hospital radio and I applied to be the weekend breakfast co-host on this on this station for a month and my mum and my nan trotted into Birmingham with me was when I went to go and meet this man because <laughs> obviously to them it's like she's just meeting this stranger out of the paper and um, so they came along stood around the corner whilst I had my meeting and he went yeah okay I'll give you the show you can come and do it my poor dad, who worked in a factory all his life and used to be up and out by six, I then break the news to him for the next month for Saturday and Sundays, I needed to get up at 5am to take me to the, the radio station. But he did it, bless him. And oh, the things, well, it was that, it's either that or he would have to take your football, but you didn't play football. So the next best thing was to take you to the radio station. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. But then I would say that that grounded you, that's like an apprenticeship, really. 
before mm. he's at the hospital, then at this community radio, it lasted longer than a month, didn't it? No, actually it didn't. It was a month. It literally was there, went away. But what I got was some more material. And by the time I went to university, which I went to Loughborough and they had a fantastic media center. And on day one, I walked in and there was this radio studio and I said, right, what have I got to do? This is my demo. What have I got to do to be here? And the guy took it off me. He went, we've never had anyone with a demo before. And um, he said, do you want the main show on a, on a, weeknight and I used to do five till seven every night and it was news and sport across Loughborough and I used to do that pretty much Monday to Thursday um and I couldn't believe it I was like are you sure I can just rock up and, and he's like yep yeah. and what you realize is that they're actually really struggling for volunteers oh, right right the schedule isn't even half full and yeah. then <laughs> would you mind being the program controller as well and I was like yeah <laughs> so you you're telling me that I'm more, I am multitasking while you're actually- Well, you do more than me now, definitely. No, no, no. You're the multitasker and I know I can say that. So you've gone into this radio station, you're now at Loughborough, but then when you finish Loughborough, you still continue that path of being the radio. Yeah. Well, what, actually, what was, it? It, was in my first year at university, I was doing this student radio and they had one of these licenses for a month. And then they broadcast throughout Loughborough. And there was a very small commercial radio station in Loughborough. And this was in the first three months of me being at university. And we were broadcasting in the local area. And there was a small station called Oak FM at the time. And they were after an, um, somebody to be an out and about presenter in the mornings, a roving reporter. Roving reporter. Yeah. Going and doing wacky things and silly things. And they were tuning in because they wanted to find a female voice. And then they rang up the media centre at my university and said, who was this girl that was on five till seven in the afternoon? And one of the volunteers who hadn't really even met me just said, I think it's this new girl that's just come. Let me find out her details. And then I got a message from Jim, who went on to be a really good friend of mine, saying this radio station called, do you want to go and speak to them? So I did. And instead of getting the bar job to get me through uni to get a bit of extra income, I used to get up at 6am and go and stick Again. stickers in people's cars and get people to pretend to be Elvis and all sorts, hug trees, lots of random stuff. <laughs> in other words, you're doing what Andy Peters and Alison Hammond does. <laughs> I, yeah, I've done, I've done those sort of jobs, getting begging people to do yes. things. <laughs> the thing is, you... You know, even though ITV is saying that, yeah, they may have laid claim to it, I think you actually laid claim to that first than they did. I think it was going on for a long time, honestly. <laughs> it probably it was. Yeah. So I just, so wait, wow. All of this and people that don't know you won't even know that part of your history. I don't think many people really know, don't know all that. of this at all. No, I don't think so. And I don't think they realise, you know, as a student, getting up at 6am every morning and then that turned into a late night show in my second year and I used to do 10 till 1 at night and shut the radio station up on my own at 18, 19 well I I did have some fellow students who used to think that I was maybe putting too much effort <laughs> but I knew but, that's what I wanted to do and, yeah. and I managed to still come out with a 2-1 and I just thought as long as I get a 2-1 I'm happy. Happy, yeah. You left uni and, you know, you're still on your path. 
did you go straight into radio? Did you actually have that as your job, as you went into radio as your job, or had another job? You know, to, you so know as much as you first, want to divulge, you have a job yeah. and then. Um, the first thing that I did was I did a sabbatical position. So you know how sometimes you can vote at university for these different yeah. positions yeah. at the student union, and I, I got a joint head of media role. Um, there's a really long story as to why it's a joint. I want I I want to hear all. This is why it's about you. Sports Saturday, you. Well, it was an election that went wrong. Seeming as we're talking in the week that there was the inauguration in the US. Yeah. Um, on a very, very small scale on student elections, they managed to lose a box of votes. <laughs> and it meant that me and my friend Dave ended up sharing the job. They had to create a whole other role because they couldn't prove it was so close. They couldn't prove who won this election. So what that enabled me to do was then take on a new project, which is sort of coming to where I met you. Yeah. Because we set up the first ever student record label called Unity Records. And it was the head of media prior to me doing it that had started it off, Carleen. And she was fantastic. She'd come up with this name, Unity Records, which I yeah. thought which is uni yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uni unity records and it gave we had a recording studio at the as part of the facilities at the students union and engineers would be get trained up and we'd record cds with people and bands like yourself and people would come in and pay for that and then i did around the time that there was pop idol and stuff like that going yeah. on i did a yeah. make noise competition to sign three acts to our record label and to try and push them and make CDs and send them around the UK. And I love that part of it, as well as the, looking after the radio station. How did that go? What, what sort of people did you sign to the label? Three different acts. I had a jazz singer who was, she was incredible, but she was jazz, but quite modern. She had like a very, a, a very sort of poppy style to it as well, but so pop jazz. Yeah. We had um, a band who were a bit more indie, um, and we, they were called toy, toy Heroes. And then we had another duo who were like a bit more electronic, I think. And then we just, we just went down that route of just three different acts and see, um, try and sell CDs, put them on gigs and, and things like that. And I loved it. I really enjoyed that. And um, I was still doing my radio. I'd been doing radio and commercial radio by that point. And whilst I was doing that job, I also got a job at the weekends to present weekend breakfast on a on a station in Peterborough, which used to be called Harrowwood FM, but it's Heart FM nowadays. Oh, right. OK. And I remember getting the call from that programme controller because he was the first person to give me on, on a bigger station compared to Little Oak FM. Yeah. My own bona fide show. And it was weekend breakfast. It was mine. And, and then I used to fill in occasionally for the drive time presenter or morning presenter if they were away um, and this was all music and sports report news and everything else all tied yeah. into one and then because of the record label stuff I just thought you know what I'm, I love new music so I, I actually introduced a section on my show on that weekend breakfast show where I gave local bands in Peterborough and that area the chance to get on the show and get their music played and a little bit like the way that I found you. Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, they ended up sending in CDs in and then I'd say, do you want to come in and have a chat? And we'll we do that Yeah. <laughs> that's what we did with you in Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah, that's how we met. That, and, but that, I met you there. And, you know, there's, Lydia and I have got a really deep history 
Um, so it's quite pinnacle when uh, my band Maxfield was just starting out. Um, fought tooth and nail for me. I think we had the Tricky album. We was on the Tricky album, didn't we? Yeah. We got onto the, the whole mm-hmm. Tricky album. And then I think just life got in the way because then you now, even though you were working with me, you are now elevating. So you've got the radio station, yeah. you still do it, but then contracts are coming in, things are actually happening for you because you wanted to be a, um, uh, a band manager because I was looking for someone at the time and you, you, perfect, absolutely. But things were definitely, definitely moving in the right, di- you know, the right direction for you. Take mm-hmm. me from there, what happened next? So I, I think at that point, I'm about 24, I yeah. think, about 24, 25, maybe. And a crossroads came because I'd, off the back of doing Unity Records, I then joined ULU, University of London Union in London. And they asked me to come on board and try and launch a musician centre and sort of replicate what we'd done at Loughborough, really. Um, and I thought that was too good an opportunity to, to turn, turn down. Turn down, it, yeah. yeah. And they wanted me to do it full time, but I said, no, 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 please, can I just do it part time? Can I do it three days a week? And then I, it means I can still do my radio. So yeah. I used to, do you remember on Tottenham Court Road, they, there used to be a Virgin Megastores? Right, stick a pin, stick a pin, stay right there. I'm pausing this. Okay, I'll ask you from that point. Do you remember there used to be a big Virgin Megastores on Tottenham Court Road? Yes. Many different levels. Yes. And there was a glass radio studio there and it used to broadcast to all the Virgin Megastores in the UK. Yes. But get massive bands in there as well before they that, made it big, like Coldplay yeah. came in, yeah. like lots of, lots of big bands. And I got a job presenting in there. Um, this is still whilst I was working with you. And then I had a meeting um, because I'd always, always still loved my sport. I played football at that point and was, you know, really wanting to, to do stuff in sport. And I had a meeting with a, a mentor at the BBC and he'd been keeping across what I was doing. And he just said, I think you need to choose. I think you can't be music and sport. Sport, yeah. And at that point, I probably got more experience in music and less in sport, but I was... I'd done a lot in the past on sport and I did, I thought if I let it go now, I might not get it back again. Yeah. And I just decided I'm going for sport because I also felt that from a presenting point of view, music had a, a shorter shelf life as well. Yes. I and remember I, you and I having that conversation. Yeah. And, I just and remember you saying, wanting to do you know, it. yeah, I couldn't, I didn't say what the opportunity, but I just remember you just saying that, um you know there's different things I'm, I want to go down the sports route and I said okay great and it was just like watching you toodle off oh. <laughs> do the sports route. And um, for, a, for a little while yeah kept in touch because I remember coming and seeing you you played in Putney do you remember that's right yeah I remember coming and seeing you somewhere else yeah so like, we did going all over the place exactly but. so we said but then freestylers came back they put everything out yeah and so it's like my band it's a bit like yourself it was okay um I know a lot about my you know sport the football and I know a little about music but here was freestylers again because I'd been with them all along Mm -hmm. um no longer Groove Armada and it was just okay all right okay 
I'm going to go on road. And it ended up that I stayed on the road with them another six, seven, maybe another eight years. So, you know, I was only able to revisit Maxfields just recently in the last year and a half. And as we went to put the album out, we got COVID. And do you still work with Adam? Um, Oh, I haven't seen Adam for years. No, it's all the the bands all just because everyone went their separate ways. Tom, I still see Tom now and again, and um, my drummer Johnny and Charlie. So you know, it I felt so because it is it is difficult, but you have those crossroad moments, and you've sometimes got to you've got to have courage in your conviction, haven't you? And just and so I just. I went, I know that I kept thinking one day I will come back to that, but this is about you. So <laughs> but that's, that, this is what happened. This is why I love talking to you. <laughs> but, so I remember that. So we, we, you know, that's as far as I got with you, but I still managed to find out. I thought, oh, she's presenting now. And that's where I caught up with you. Not recently. I knew you were doing this. And, you know, for people that don't know, I'm, not, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. You've gone on to present for Sky Sports and ITV. You do voiceovers, but I'm going to bring that back. I'm going to bring that back. You then got the call and just made the decision Mm. to do sport. What happened next? I had a crazy conversation with a boss of a radio station. So anyone who who knows radio and the programme controller role and um, they often make set the schedule and recruit presenters and effectively the boss. And I had to go up to a boss of one of the stations that I was working at and I presented a four hour show and I presented the whole of the four hours. So on one of the stations that I was working on, you know, there I am introducing the music, coming in and out, introducing the news and sports. That's unprecedented, you know that, right? You only could do like a two hour slot, then you're off. No, 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 no. Like they used to be really long. Some of them were five hours because of course, money-wise, they try and eke out as long as they could. But I did this four hour show and I went up to the boss and said, you know what? I don't want to do the show anymore. I want to do the one minute at the top of the hour of sports. And he thought I was joking. (laughs) What? You want to ditch being the main presenter of the show to do the sport on the hour? And I was like, yeah, because otherwise, if I don't do that, it's never going to take off for me. I need to be seen to be doing sport. And then just by fluke at that same time, someone reached out to me from a classic gold network. And I have to say, I was the youngest person on this station by about 20 years. But... (laughs) I was gonna say when you said classic gold, I went, oh yeah. It was it was 60s music, it was Tony yeah. Burn, yeah, it was it, it Trevor Dan, yeah, like Mike that. Reed and yeah. yeah, yeah. And they decided they wanted to jazz up and do a sports results and classic hit show on a Saturday afternoon. And it was two hours, a two-hour show, and this was perfect for me. It was fusing music and sport and it was on a national it was on a am but at the time and dab but it was national station and i was i just thought brilliant this is this is it so i did that and then once i'd got that job i managed to start getting auditions for tv and that's how i ended up at sky um yeah which now what people don't i mean people would you know with the videos that they'll see popping in and out they're probably thinking why is valerie playing all of that because that's Lindsay's voice you're hearing, folks, on the scores, on the five oh, yeah. live scores. It's Lindsay love. It's Lindsay poop. 
that's why I'm putting it. You probably can't see a face. They're probably really yeah. old as well. If you, if you've taken those, yeah, pictures. but I did. <laughs> they're, they're my old. I, I'm allowed to highlight yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're plotting the journey, so it's from that era. Oh, I plotted. I plotted. So when <laughs> you know when you go back, because you've just joined me. When you go, when you watch this back, you'll see all them shows. You go, oh my god, oh, oh, yeah, okay, oh, Val, <laughs> I'm here now. But yeah. it's, it's a wonderful journey because I've seen that you, because you don't just cover football, you cover cricket, you've covered the sailing, you've mm-hmm. covered, um, you know, the Olympics at 2020, um, 2012, which we see at the back end again, as I said. Um, tell me. Okay, we all know that you're a presenter now. We'll come to where you are now. But prior to that, how difficult did you find adapting into a world where it is kind of, it is male dominant when you are presenting football, especially, or cricket? What are the pros and cons for people out there that probably wants to be in, you know, be a presenter in sport? I think I think it's changed a lot now but But how was it then what then I think doors were opening because I was female looking back on it now Val I I realized why the doors were opening I'd had a good grounding in radio so I could present I could I had a good voice yeah very Um, I was young and I knew I knew my sport but not the way that I know it now but I knew it well yeah and doors were opening and I thought oh this is great but I realized that the doors were opening a tad the do- what the doors were doing back then is they were saying oh well let let the ladies have a go go right come on, in, come on in you can sit next to the guy and you can smile and look pretty and occasionally read these lines but when it comes to breaking news to doing live having an opinion mm-mm-mm. and I realized that quite early on yeah um I say early on but long enough you know I did about three or four years before I realized hang on a second we don't get the same opportunity here and I was all about the knowledge and there were a couple of situations where I had really big auditions and I thought that it was all about me showing that I knew it that I could ad-lib the cricket that I could do the golf that I could talk about league one league two I could talk about those managers as easily as I could talk about the Premier League and so I spent hours and hours and hours just getting better and researching and actually looking back that didn't matter it It was did it it was whether my hair looked nice or whether I had great makeup or whether the the clothes that I wore flattered me the most but yeah yeah and that is soul destroying it is soul destroying um it's changing it's changed quite a lot yeah it still goes on I think I know it does yes I think age is a big thing now as well like I'm now at a point where I'm really worried about aging and not being able to do the job that I love which men can do for as long as they want um but it, I know what you mean. I totally hear what you're saying about, you know, the whole age. It's like, okay, you need to step up and do something. And, and all of a sudden it plays tricks on your mind and how you eat and how you now have to be in your well-being. It's a knock-on effect. I don't think, you know, and I'm sure, but I'll, I'll let you explain. It's only because someone else said that to me mm. in, in the industry. And I'm only just, you know, reverberating what they said. And they found it quite difficult. 
Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it must be the same in the music industry to a degree as well. Certainly is. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had to tag on to what you were just saying, um, I asked myself just the other day, and I think if that's because of, I never would have if it wasn't because of COVID. And it was, what are you doing? You know, because you now, if you're not careful, I'm going to be watching what's going on on Instagram and everyone's an influencer these days and everyone is, re, you know, um, I've always reinvented myself. It's, it's just something that I've always done. It's just something that it's been grounded in me, never to try and stay the same. I would change my hair or something. I've just been that type of person. It, do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's not like, oh, because everyone's doing it now. I've just been that person. But through COVID, what, I, what I've learned is, oh, wait a minute, you're getting older. And even though you're on top of everything musically wise, and you're still being asked to do the latest from grime to drill to garage and, you know, a broad spectrum, you're singing. I'm even singing the other day, I was singing country. That's because I'm, <laughs> I, 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 know, that. I, know, I know, absolutely. It, you'd be very, you know, and it came out really nicely, actually. And that's because I actually do, that's the sort of music I do like. I'm a rockhead. I've always been a rockhead. So mm -hmm. it allows me to, you know, but coming back to what you were saying is I asked myself that and I looked and I thought, your face doesn't fit anymore, you know, and it made me be aware. But I knew in the music industry all along, age played a massive you know, you know um, made a massive difference. Mm. And so I never said who I was or what my age was. And I think we had this conversation a long time ago, you know, and people used to always say, wow. And I thought, what's my age got to do with it? You know, um, as long as I'm producing the goods and I'm singing, that's what should matter. It doesn't. Yeah. There's only a shelf life and you've got to either have thick skin, but you don't have thick skin in a creative industry like yourself because what you're doing is a create is a creation you're yeah. creating news you're you're writing you're um you know um elaborating on a on thing on, on a visual um activity that many can't do many people can't do that but unfortunately it is a it's some of it is a man's world um but as a, you know as you said i've seen where sky has changed a lot Yes, it's become quite diverse, really and yeah. it's wonderful. But that's my tagging on there. But going back to yourself, so here you are, as you just said. It's like it's you're now worried, and you're looking at yourself. And I, I just want to say, I actually get you, and mm -hmm. I'm hoping that there's other presenters that, <clears throat> excuse me, will watch this and identify with what you've just said. That. Yeah, I hope so. I'm sure there will be. And, and I am absolutely positive as well that it that it's changed and that it's changing for the better. Yeah. And you have to just keep hoping that that next generation that come through just widen that door a bit further. See, I keep using the door analogy, but I don't think it's fully open yet. But I do think it's definitely it's definitely wider than it was when I started. Um, they tick in boxes. I, I, I'm just saying this only because um and as I said, because you don't just do football, there's F1. I mean, I'm, I'm just a freak of F1. I love my F1. But um, there's football seems to be acceptable for women. In F1, a lot of women are now stepping to the forefront, which is beautiful to see. 
you don't really see it in cricket even though there's a lot of women who can speak about cricket mm -hmm. and you're one of them um but the door is still closed as I'm, I'm going to use the door analogy that do you think they're just ticking boxes now and I don't want to bring color into because I've just now seen that they're doing color as well and everything else and I'm like oh this looks weird <laughs> I think we've done that with <laughs> anything I, I think there has to be a little bit of crowbarring yeah. in order for change to happen because when you haven't had any opportunities, if you haven't been given the same opportunity to learn and to craft your skill as maybe your male counterpart has at that point, um, then I think there has to be a bit of placement that goes on in order for you to then learn and then open doors for others. I think there are, there will inevitably be some lazy recruiters some lazy recruiters that decide I'm not going to go for the person that's got all the knowledge or that's got all the experience or that's got the best, you know, acumen for this job. That's right. But I'm going to go for the person that's right here in front of me that's on the top of the pile that yeah. knows someone who knows someone who, yeah. you know, and that gets annoying because I yes. think people... I think we all want the world to feel like a really fair place. And sometimes it isn't. And sometimes, it, isn't. It, yeah. sometimes it goes your way. I've definitely had breaks. I look back on something the other day in my head where one of my very first radio shows I was given, I now realise the guy probably fancied me and I was like 18, 19 and said, you can have a Saturday afternoon show. And then- Don't the take time, away from your talent, young lady. Yeah, Don't take time, away from your talent. You're thinking, oh, this is- No, I get you. I put all these years of hard work. I got up at 5 a.m., went yeah. and did Blaze FM, went and did hospital radio. That's what he's seeing. Indeed. No, it isn't. It isn't. That isn't what he was seeing. <laughs> but I only realize that now that I'm older. But yeah. I took that opportunity because yeah. when they come, people should take them. Yeah. And that isn't it isn't the fault of the person that's getting the opportunity. Yeah. But I think the experienced heads in this industry and the real decision makers, you just hope and pray that they make the decisions based on the right thing. Thing, that's right. So uh, this brings me to, um, all right, so I know that you're in, I, I'm sorry, I'm always going to call it a man's world because growing up, that's what all I saw. And, you know, for the, I, the layman is what I call them. There's people who goes, no, we need more women. It isn't. I, I am still getting used to seeing women, you know, presenting. I, I am. I'm no, but I've always been the one that sat back quietly and gone, oh, I wish that was me. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to. But I just, I wasn't just brave enough to do it. You know, it's like growing up, I wanted to be the first premiership lineswoman. I didn't follow my dream. I know how mad is that, but that's what I wanted to actually do. Singing was not my first career, but how do you juggle your life? Because Lindsay, you're always on the road. <laughs> you're always on the road. I know. How do you juggle home life? How do you keep that together? And what advice would you give to any budding journalist who actually wants to get out there? What would you say to them? What are the sacrifices that you've had to make? Mm. Okay, well, sacrifices, I've missed weddings. I've missed really big things for friends because you face it, sports at the it's weekend. True. Yeah. So every time there's something going on, I've missed great nights out. You know, I've definitely parted hard along the way because I had that mantra when I was in my 20s that, you know, I'll play hard, I'll work hard. Hard, but, yeah. But ultimately you miss out on big things. You miss out on big life things. And I think I missed out on certain 
relationships going through as well that I didn't give my full commitment Attention, to because yeah um and I think I always divide it into two I think there's a period when you're wanting to get into doing the dream job and that you're wanting to get that experience that you have to be a yes person and then a switch goes off at some point in your life when you've got lots of experience you've ticked off quite a few of the things that you want to do and you have to start becoming a bit more of a no person and I think that's the shift. You're yes, 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 opportunity, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then at some point for your own sanity and your own relationship sometimes, you've got to then become someone that works smart. And working yeah. smart means that you don't give 14 hours a day anymore. Right. You scale it back. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is the trick. Now, if you say that's the trick, in the beginning then, because now you're seasoned, I use the word, you're seasoned. <laughs> I feel like that, that's aimed at dogs. <laughs> Tell me about it. But you, you know, no matter how much you had that experience, you still had to serve that apprenticeship all over again. When mm. once you moved up to the echelons of the BBC, ITV, you know, because you've been on Granada, you've been on Central. Which brings me to, you're a massive Wolves fan. Yes. Yeah. I get some stick for this as well nowadays. Do you see my face? I know, Spurs <laughs> fan there. Um, mind you, we, we, don't, we don't trouble you, do we? Oh, no, maybe. not really. No, not. No, we got, you, you got a draw when we thought, we, when you got that last minute goal in extra time and that, that rankled me, that irked me a lot because... That was two points dropped, but there you go. I but think I we think... deserve that for the fact you took Matt Doherty off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to cut. What else, what else could we do? Do you know what I mean? He wanted to go. Um, you've got a great manager, by the way. Yeah. Um, he is just, you know, I, I, I hope he doesn't go down the path of, you see, like, um, what's his name? Um, Sheffield United's boss who's come in and he's done Chris really Wilder, great, yeah. Chris, yeah, and he's done very well. And then, you know, one season, like, you know, they almost made it into the top four uh, or even into the European League and the Europa League. And then this season, they can't buy a goal. No, but know. we've already done the toughest bit. So we did that. We got into Europa League and then second season, when you're trying to juggle Europe and the Premier League, we finished seventh again and get to the finals. I know, right? And so um, we, we did the hard bit, but it's this season where I think a lot of teams are struggling. Look at Chelsea, look at Liverpool in recent form. And I, I think a lot of teams aren't fulfilling their potential. And there's a few- Why do you think that, that is? I've got, I mean, I've got a view on most of them, but why, I wanna hear your view on it. Why do you think that is without, you know, you know without getting yourself in trouble? Because remember you're, a, you're yeah. the centre on the radio, so you've got to be very uh, well, careful. One of, no, one of my theories is that I don't think they had the proper break. So although it was a pandemic year, what you have to remember is that they were told to keep fit at home. They didn't get holidays. And I think just generally, if you look at the working public, just not having that two-week holiday away in Spain or France or wherever has had a real detrimental effect. I think, I think so. I think, yeah. I think a lot of the top players, if you look at the top players that play every minute, pretty much of every match, yeah. they're the ones I think are really feeling it. Yeah. And so Little that's jaded. why this depth in squad. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you look at a squad like Wolves, 
and we've got the shortest squad in the Premier League because Nuno likes to keep everything very tight. That's right. And that's where we've come a cropper because we've also had injuries, which we've we've always done very I well. Oh, uh, what's his name? The head injury. Um, yeah, Jimenez. Jimenez. And, you know, he was like a stalwart for you guys. Mm. And then once he got injured, it's like you could see where you've struggled back there. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. he's going to be out for a while. We're in the transfer window now. Who's on the market for you guys? Do you think he's going to we, bring anyone just in? just brought in a striker. So I think I think that's exactly the area we needed. Yeah. A lot of Wolves fans are wondering if we need a defender as well, because... What, as a cover? Dipping goals. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure. I, I actually think if we go back to a, a back three, Nuno's been trying this back four and trying to implement a new system. And I think with everything that's happened maybe just go to the tried and tested tested go, yeah go back to that back three. yeah and, and then it's not I, broke why yeah. fix it yeah yeah exactly well, so. I agree with you because when we're looking at the when I look at Rashford's and even Harry Kane um look at Firmino you know Liverpool they've got a massive squad I don't mm-hmm. I know they've got VVD out um you know Milner they have they have a, a squad that can still rival many of the top teams, but they're jaded. Salah's jaded. You know, yesterday, he, you know, Klopp decided to bring Salah on late because he felt that, you know, they took Burnley for granted. Does that but make you, sense? I think, I think actually Wolves and Liverpool are, is a similar story, but on, on different scales. So, you know, our club got to Europe for the first time in 30 years and they win the title for the first time in 30 years. So there were the monumental effort it took for Liverpool because if you remember how close that first season was when they nearly got the title got the title yeah and they put all that effort in and then they had to go again and yeah. now we're another half season on and I just think they're tired and I think that's the same with this wolf squad and I think that's why he needs to keep on freshening it up mm, because you need I think so those new legs I think yeah I mean I look at our Tottenham team and I, I I think we've got a very good squad. I just think that Mourinho is still struggling to find the best out of them. You know, it, because there's times that he will park the bus. You know, I'm going to hold my hands up. When he was at Man U, I kept thinking, I'll oh, stop complaining. When he was at Chelsea, I thought, I'll oh, leave him alone. But I, I get that he does that. And there's times that they really play great football. You just can't, it's like, wow. Oh my God, where did that come from? Um, but it's like they're suffering um, a, a crisis of confidence. It's like, I've got it, but I don't have it. Oh, my God, is Mourinho going to go back and say, oh, the best team lost? Do you know what I mean? Or <laughs> something like that, because he has these little one-liners. But, you know, you've got Bergwijn, and we've got a good, good players sitting on the bench. You know, mm-hmm. Deli, I'd hate if Deli Ali went to meet up with Potch you know when Potch got signed to PSG I cried I actually cried but I do like you know I've always liked Jose even when you know he's having these bad times at you know at um, Man United I just mm-hmm. never saw the day that he'd come to a team like Tottenham if that makes any sense um but not just in Chelsea I, I'm looking at Frank Lampard I'm just demeanor it's like and I'm thinking this is what football does to you guys who wants it you know um so yeah the season I'm, I'm finding the only person that I think that is reveling more than anybody is Brendan Rogers. yes yeah 
it doesn't look like he's lost an, a, a, an ounce of sleep like me, you know. <laughs> I, I just, he just looked at it and he was like, he looks healthy, he looks well, his squad's coming together, he's had some injuries, they've all come back. And it's like, the unsung heroes, are they gonna do it again? It's, it's quite shocking. You know what I mean? Okay, we've gone on a bit about football because I'm, I'm, I could talk all day long about just, not just premiership, all of it. But coming back to yourself, um, so you're juggling all of these. You also have a podcast of your own. Mm. It's called the Offside Rule Podcast. Tell us a bit about that. Well, that was born out of this frustration of not being able to have an opinion. So it, it actually launched back in something like 2012. Um, so oh, it's wow. been going for about nine years now. And it was just that I, I felt like there was so much more that women could offer for football. And a lot of the people that I work with were very, very knowledgeable. And we'd chat in the makeup room. And I thought, I want this to be heard because we know we watch this just as much and if you looked at the and I suppose if you still do look at the the football list of podcasts it's mainly just all male lineups or Very. a lot of men with a, an odd female on there and I just thought why not do something completely different and this remember is nine years ago we put three women on on the show yeah with three friends love football talk football and that's it what are, what, are, what are the other, your co-presenters like? What are they like? They're brilliant. So one's Hayley McQueen, who yeah. does Sky Sports News. She's, um, we, we always sort of rib her because she has about three teams. She, she supports Man United. She also supports Middlesbrough because she grew up there and, and worked on Middlesbrough TV for ages. And she likes Real Madrid. So we always sort of rib her. Oh, right, okay. Um, and then Kate Borsay, who's worked in sport for a, a huge chunk of her life and is now working a lot in news, but still, you know, loves her, her Premier League and watches Liverpool and is a big Liverpool fan. So we we just all get together and chat football. But it it's incredible to be able to do that with your friends as well. Yeah. And how long is it? So it's nine years it's been going. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of guests do you have coming onto your show? Or is it just the three of you? put the world to rights the main show we sort of have three topics it's a round table discussion we'll talk I about like different things so like this week's show uh, we talk about the good and the bad boys in football when it comes to red cards because Lionel Messi got his first red card so that yeah. sort of inspired us to talk about who's had a lot of red cards in their career who's not had hardly any um, and that's one of the topics, for instance. And then we also have more of a, a jovial topic, like we're doing homeschooling at the moment. So we're doing football homeschooling. And yeah. we did American history this time because. Okay. America. But we did Love that. a few weeks ago, you know, all those sorts of topics. And it's just fun. It's lifestyle You learn a little bit about us and our experiences of working in football. Often we'll We'll talk about our own experiences, good interviews, bad interviews, all that sort of stuff. Um, and a- along the way, it's won some awards and we do do some exclusives. So we, uh, Hayley and I went to Sven Joran Eriksson's house and sat down with him hey. and did a chat with him. <laughs> We've had Joe Hart on. Um, yeah. Lots of different exclusives. Which Love are- that. Love that. So everyone that hears that, the offside rule, it's not just that, I'm normally joking, um, the offside rule production podcast show and um, they'll see at the end of this anyway as well they'll see we'll put it up so that you know there's plenty of us females and I'm in a group 
on Facebook of some stalwart girl women, I should say, who know their football. And it's yeah. a joy to be in these little groups on, you know, uh, on social media. Sometimes I sit back and I just listen to them, but there's some passionate women, but they know their football. Yeah. And then they go, they can commentate. Um, there's a couple that run their own groups. Whereas it was unprecedented that happened. So I would definitely be putting that, that at the end um, so everyone can see that um, and to direct that traffic straight there because oh, I, I I, feel... I've gone and listened, so I know. As I said, I, I so. know what you do. I, I really feel like if people, especially if you're, especially if you're a woman who loves football, I think if you listen to us, I, I believe it would become a regular listen because yeah. it, it's that yeah. sort of program but you know believe it or not we we have majority male listeners on that show so it appeals to both it's great that it does but we'd love it to reach more and more women if we yeah if we... well I'd definitely be passing it to the women that's on, on that, that what is here it's Ooh, definitely going to go it. to yeah it's definitely going to be flooding back down there so podcast you're also you do voice listen there's so many strings if people didn't get confused at the beginning that she radioed and then she did um, the hospital radio and then she did the sports and she played the sports you know you have just so many strings to your bow which brings me to where are you at now this is covid how is that how has that impacted you as a presenter because sports has become literally null and void in most areas bar football per se how has that affected you? Overall, I've been really fortunate because football's carried on since the restart behind closed doors. So I had a period, the first period when we went into lockdown in March, I had four months where I didn't really work. Um, oh God, how was that? There was no football happening. Well, I, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have home recording facilities. So I was doing voiceovers from home, but um not only that, I have a production company that I set up with my friend Kate Offside Productions and we pitched for some shows and I ended up making a radio series um, which went on Jack Radio's called The Show Must Go On and it was to do yeah. with getting sports guests on um, and Kate made a show for talk radio um, and so between us we were the sort of people that get down and, and I also I think it's worth saying you know I got nothing through through that period I didn't get any support and actually it's the, no because I didn't I didn't qualify for any support so I I actually feel prouder than anything that not only did I manage to get myself through that period by creating work and coming up with ideas and pitching but that production actually gave two other people work as well work. Yeah. that weren't getting it yeah. so I am so so proud of that effort um and it was hard, it was hard, it was hard. But then the restart came and the Premier League went behind closed doors. And I'm in a very privileged position that I, I majority of my work is with Premier League productions and they are one of the people that get to go to these matches to take a reporter. Yeah. And so I've, I've been working for them. I work for Prime Video as well as a yeah, reporter. Amazon, you're, do, you're doing Amazon, Amazon Prime. You're the voice, yeah. you are the voice. <laughs> I, I'm the one I'm the one doing the interviews I know, um, I'm so proud sorry I just oh, <laughs> thank you but I I really have 
benefited from that because they had extra games compared to what they should they they get two rounds of matches in December but they've picked up extra matches and I've been very fortunate that they've chosen me to report on those matches um which gave me a bit of extra you know after not having that work for the four months it was really really welcome and I'm still working you know I was at Wickham today doing a preview for Spurs on Monday going there in the FA Cup I'll be doing a Hold on a minute. Are you commentating on my team? No, I've team? done all the build-up and then I'll hand oh, over. Oh, I see. I'm just allowing you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then I'm at Leighton Orient tomorrow doing a League Two match as part of the Cup show. Um, and then I'm doing a voiceover on Sunday. So I'm very, very fortunate that I, I'm getting work. I'm getting work again. In the, you're, I mean, you're saying that you've been very fortunate. How people around you in your community, the, the work that you do, the people that you've had to work alongside, how have they coped? Without, you don't have to divulge too far, just for your, you know, visual, what you've seen. What oh, changes? Some people, I think, in especially in creative industries, there's some people that haven't worked, haven't worked at all, um, because they're not allowed to at the moment. And, and also events aren't happening. So if you think of sports as, effectively events if those sporting events don't happen then you think of camera operatives directors producers runners floor managers you know they're all not working um like I say we're fortunate there's a few of us and I say a few because it's not at all near the amount of media that usually would be at a match. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few of us allowed in, but for every one of us that's been allowed in, I know that I've got colleagues that can't, yeah. and so they're not working. And it's been really, really cruel. I mean, I, I've, I've heard of situations with some some camera operators that you know have had to sell things and remortgage. Yeah, I've come across a few. I had they've had to literally sell all their equipment because that was the only way to get by. No matter how much they'd worked over the years and accumulated money, they still had to get by. And, you know, their livelihood, everything that their passion that they'd worked for, gone. Just like that. It's just out the window. Um, I had, um, do you remember the footballer, um, uh, Gabriel um, Zakwani? Yes. (laughs) I had him on. He's been on on the show. Oh, absolutely brilliant brilliant interview he just I, I call him not just the wall I call him the teeth because he's got the most amazing teeth white teeth <laughs> oh my god those teeth I got to say that. and um you know he you know I still you know have a bit of a banter and conversation with him him being um a Guna fan and um he was just he highlighted to me he said I can't believe it just as I was getting going you know there's I I can't. We we're now in the third lockdown um, and I can't work. No. I can't do anything. And he said, it's just ridiculous. And I, I said to him, I totally feel it. I really do feel it for you. And, and, and I think that there's I, uh, another question I'm going to ask you is, do you find that not just forget about singers and, you know, that sort of the side of things, how many people have become podcasters? Oh, um, I think it has really taken off. It has, hasn't it? it? It's just really difficult to make it 
it, it depends on what you want from it. I think if you want it to make money, for instance, um, it's a I'm really, doing it for the love. Sorry, it's a really tricky thing to do. Um, and I think if you're doing it for the love, if you're doing it to have something to do, um, especially during these times when everyone just wants to get from off the sofa, don't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's been brilliant and it's probably really good for mental health as well. Very much. My advice when people are are looking at launching podcasts is just try and find a little bit of a USP. Try and find something that's a bit different to what's out there. Different niche. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm not saying that I'm different. I'm just, I had to fight with that in my head and say, look, I can't go to anyone's home. I can't. I don't want to go to another building and have someone sit in front of me because of the COVID. Yes, I probably am a bit, but that's my anxiety I have to deal with. Um, and it's just trying to, which I said to you, you know, I, I, I love that buzz of going live and anything goes and it just is what it is. Um, and everything flows, if that makes sense. But I had, I've, I had to say to myself, what's my subject matter? Am I just going to go in and go, all oh, right, okay. And it's, you know, I wanted people just to feel comfortable and humanize them. Mm. Um, and so when people saw the sports edition, I think they're expecting loads of people playing videos and I'm soccer AM. No, there's a lot of that going on. Or you have shows where there's three or four people sitting around and having a right old argument about it. Um, so I, I'm not, Again, I'm not saying I'm unique, but it was a, it played a lot on my mind. Why am I doing this? It's going to be boring. And maybe it is. But I love the fact that the people do come on like yourselves and to talk about your experience. Because at least one person who is looking for a dream or don't know where to go, where to start, they can see you and say, she didn't give up. Even though she's in the man's world, she didn't give up. And even at the worst of the worst in COVID, she found something else to do to keep going. Does that, does that, yeah, and that's I think what I'm trying to say with you, it, you know? It's like your, your situation too. I think a lot of people often see the end product and they don't understand the journey. Um, and I, I do like to do these sorts of things just so that people know, because I, I do get a lot of students that write to me and ask for advice and how can they replicate that sort of career or how do they get into doing this or a foot in the industry. And I think it is really important to say, you know, it isn't just hand, somebody didn't come with a little envelope. Yeah. And go, Ta-da! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Lindsay, I, um, as I said, you've worked for, there's a, Folks, I would, you will see all of this at the end of the video. Um, Lindsay, is there any advice that you would give anyone that's, even if they're a student, even if they're older, it doesn't matter. Forget the age that they are. And they're struggling at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you said, some of us can't work. You know, I'm sure the ladies in your team as well, you know, having to have a different lifestyle, things have changed for them too. And it's you three all rallying together to still make your production work. Mm-hmm. You know, what advice would you finally give to anyone out there that has a dream? What would that be? I think where there's a will, there's a way. And oh my God, you're beautiful. You know, right now we're talking 
in a pandemic and I'm seeing you crystal clear. We've got lovely video quality. We're using, you know, one of the video softwares to be able to do this and technology is there to help us. So when I was cutting up demo tapes and doing things on cassette and VHS, which a lot of people watching this will be like, how old is what? Yeah. And <laughs> um, then there is now all of that on your phone. Right. Right. So we've got a way. And, you know, sometimes as a part of me, it's all about doing things in proportion because there is a part of the internet and technology and social media that can actually drain your mental health. I think, I think it can be too much. It can be too demanding on you, but if you make it work for you, you don't let the machine take you over, you take it over. And then I think that you've got so many possibilities. You can cut videos, you can try and sing demos on your phone and you you know as well from the amount yeah. that you've had to do over the years yeah and I think if you've got a will there is a way there's a way absolutely that is such a beautiful thing my last question so that was to everybody else but this is my question to you um what was one of the best interviews ever you ever done oh as an interviewer interviewer so one I want to know the one person one that you really really enjoyed and the one that was like that was pulling tea. <laughs> um, well, remember, I've had two walks of life. So we've got football and sport and we've got music. Music. So what would what would you want? Mm, let's go with sports because it's a bloody sports show. OK, sport. Um, well, only last week, because I think you always have to take recent experiences. I could give you lots of examples of people oh, sure. that great interviews um, yeah. generally speaking I always say this goalkeepers are brilliant so Petr Cech um Emmy Martinez Bernd Leno you know all those sorts of people they're very very good talkers goalkeepers yeah. are great and if I ever yeah. get a goalkeeper it's very rarely that I think oh this is going to be really drab right yeah because they're really good talkers but last week I did a sit down with uh, over here over a video with um Pierre Emile Huybier uh and he was fantastic. He looks good. I've seen an interview with him, but I, was it yours? I'm not gonna have to look. You interviewed him. Two, two interviews that I really enjoyed recently. One was with him because again, he doesn't give you just stock answers. He gives you lengthy answers and well thought out. And I really liked Fantastic. That. And we had a good interaction. And then in person, the last interview I did in person was with Mark Noble at West Ham oh, and wow yeah back on 20 years at West Ham with him yeah. with the youth setup and I asked about his love affair with football and how it's had its ups and its downs and I'd, I'd heard recently that he'd you know fallen out of love a bit with football during the pandemic which he had and I love that interview it was just great you know the mm. sorts of things that you want to take a copy of and keep yeah yeah those are my best ones um bad ones um, it's really hard because you don't want to single out people. But what I would say is I've often been that person that when a new player comes into a team and they're young and they haven't done much media, I mm. have been that person. Would you just do a quick interview to get them like warmed up? Warmed up. And um, a few times I've been like, <laughs> 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 because you're just getting it, of course, or yeah, or yeah. definitely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they don't really say anything. So oh, it's I've had that get them to open up isn't it yeah um I I, I had that recently and I thought oh, don't think I'm cut out for this because I wanted to go really 
but I couldn't say really. <laughs> I just had to do my best, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I basically found that the interview was me talking all of the way through because But um, it, it was like, okay, maybe not next time. That's a learner for you, Val. You've got to take that one on the chin and, you know, see how the best way you can go forward from here. I did do, um, I did do an interview as well with um, a cricketer, um, Shahida Freedy. Oh, right. And that was, that was tough because it was just a situation where we had Emirates like flight crew yeah. nearby and he clearly thinks a lot of himself <laughs> as well. so I just felt like he didn't really want to answer my questions so that that was quite that was quite difficult that must have been tough yeah. I saw one that he did with what's his name Ghoulie Ghoulie or your oh, birth, but Ram- yeah. Ghoulie, yeah yeah and um no. <laughs> I, I don't the, even know whether I'm saying the name right myself now. yeah Ghoulie and I went I was watching it and I thought do you really want to be here? You know, and you ask him the question, he goes, yeah, you know, and blah, and, blah. and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, you know, do you know what I'm saying to you? I was like, good on you, Lindsay, because you stuck with it. So I watched you, you know, there's some interviews that I've seen you've done and you really go straight, you know, not the jugular, some would say. <laughs> questions are well, you know, well thought of. And I can see some of them, it's just off the cuff. That's it. Let's hit them with it. Let's go. Do you know what I'm saying to you? And they're not expecting it, but they flow with you. And I and I really, really, you know, proud of having you on today. I could sit here and talk about so many different things, um, you know, and I know that I haven't asked half of my questions, but you've answered, which was, Lindsay, I found out, Lindsay Hooper found out about you, the sports edition, who's a Sky TV, BBC, ITV, Amazon Prime, voiceover, has her own podcast. She used to be a radio presenter. That was a lot, folks, for me to just wind off by the way. But me, Valerie, is so proud of you coming on today. Oh, thank you, Dan. Absolutely proud of you, you know, of your career and everything else. And Likewise. For my lowly whatever I'm doing here, I'm just grateful that you found a little notch of your time to join me today and we've got to make sure we keep in touch and keep on yeah. you know and um i'll keep you abreast of everything that's going on oh so, i'll, I'll uh, rib you when we beat spurs next season yeah. <laughs> no, no 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 that is a banter that we just cannot have I, i'm a sore loser <laughs> i just let you know i'm a really really sore loser but um as good as i get on my facebook page they um they actually hate me. It's got so bad that I have, um, and I don't care if he hears me saying this, people actually message me in my messenger and say, oh, you're quiet. So like, I might go a week or two and I might not have said anything. So I would go up on my page and I might go, um, oh, wow. Man United just woke up and then I get all the scouts is going and what was that supposed to mean and then I have a whole barrage that goes on for 22 hours of Limpudlians because I call them the bin dippers and I go oh dear the bin dippers are out you know and things that so I, I go in <laughs> 
You love it. You I love have it. a name for every single one of the teams. So I just, and then sometimes when I finish, I go, I just love lighting the torch paper and blue torch paper, just letting it go. And then I go, I'm out. And then I get people actually messaging me, where are you? Um, so I think they expected that my shows would have been like that. But I, I'm professional, I said. There's no banter. Professional. Yeah, there's no banter going on here. So I've had a couple of people go, how come you're not slagging off everybody? And I go, me? <laughs> people? What, what sort of language is that? You know? <laughs> but anyway. Brilliant. Good luck for, um, well, I think you did win. Uh, you won, didn't you? Yeah. Did not did. win? Okay, because I didn't get to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless Charlie. Never mind. Anyway, Wills has won. Less than every other time. Uh, any other time. Um, Spurs, it's our turn on Monday. Let's see what happens in... But, Lindsay, thank you once again. To everybody out there, Lindsay Hooper, please give her a big hands up and bye-bye-byes and bye-bye-byes. God bless you all. Be safe, will you? Be you safe. Be safe. Be safe. You. <laughs> Take care. Over and out. Ow.